Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, hour number three of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. This is how big it is, Wolf. Didn't even have an update there because now we're on Matt Ishbia Watch Part Two. He's done the press conference. I'm assuming everybody heard that, but maybe not. It's twelve. Maybe you're jumping in your car right now to go grab lunch or whatever. So we're going to react to some of it for you, and then we're also going to talk to Matt Ishbia here uh, shortly. He's going to call into the show, so that's why that's why we are here instead of at Media Row. That's why everything's a little bit. Uh, a little bit off today, but it's a pretty big day. We were talking about this earlier. There are only uh, so many times in the last 23 now years, since 2000, where we've seen the D-backs change owners, what, once? We've seen the Suns change owners now twice. Haven't seen the Cardinals change owners, obviously. So yeah. this is not something that happens every other year. It's happened three times across those three sports in 23 years. And so, this is the Suns of yeah. all teams. No, you're, you're right about that. Right now, what did you just hear, Basinoni? If, in fact, you heard that press conference, Matt Ishbia becomes the owner officially, of course. He was the owner officially. Now he gets in front of the the basketball universe, and he's sitting there, and he's answering questions. And everything I just heard right now comes down to one word, intensity. <laughs> the energy that was there is really intensity disguised. I love the intensity. And then the second thing I thought of listening to Matt Ishbia was he walked on at Michigan State. Yeah. Awesome. No, he was, uh, he, he was, as you would expect, fired up. But we haven't really heard him speak other than like HBO Real Sports or here's an interview from a couple months ago. But not as the Suns owner <laughs> until today. Right. And so that's I'm looking forward to this interview because we're going to get to be we're going to get to talk to him for the first time as the Suns owner. And, you know, that's that's a, there's a lot of ways that conversation can go. I can tell you the first thing that stood out to me. Uh, and there was a lot. There's a lot. I, I have a lot of notes over here. But Kellen Olson, ironically, from from obviously from Arizona Sports here, uh, asked the question that I'm going to ask him a version of it again when he joins us because one of the biggest things to me, you got a new owner in town. All right. This is a team that is a playoff team. This is not buying a team that was 30th in the league and has been a doormat. Hey, Matt, can you go in there and revive this franchise? No, they're in their championship window, which means you are buying something that's expensive. And they are already spending a ton of money. And Cam Johnson's contract is up basically at the end of this year. Uh, So he's due for a deal. Like There are are bills that are going to be paid and there are going to be more bills piled on if you want to contend. So this was his response to his willingness to expand the luxury tax. One of the four things we just talked about winning, right? First off, I love our team. Give credit, by the way, James Jones is here and his exe- his leadership team, like all these guys, they've done a heck of a job, right? They've done a heck of a job building an amazing team. I'm not walking into a team like so. I feel like we can compete right now with exactly what we have. With that being said, you know, my belief system is about how do we focus on winning? How do we, can we, can we improve our chances of winning? a championship? Can we do things to make sure that, but I'm not just a short-term thinker. I'm also a long-term thinker, right? I'm going to be here for 40, 50 years. You guys are going to get sick of me. I'm going to be around a long time. And so I know you can't win every single day, but we're going to try. And so uh, we are very active. And uh, the way we look at it is how do we improve our team? I'm not going to be sitting here saying, counting the dollars, right? We're going to focus on how do we improve our team. And if there's a way to improve our team, we're going to look at doing it. But we're not going to sacrifice long term for short term, right? But we are going to try to win every day. And so hopefully that answers the question. See, if he's going to be here for 40 or 50 years, then this is a big deal today. And I'm glad we're doing the show from the studio. 
So fired up, though, right? Again, the energy. The energy and the intensity right there. It's no wonder he walked on at Michigan State and was successful. He brought, if he, if he, if he played like he talks, can you imagine that right now? And what does he value? If, in fact, he does value that intensity and bringing that energy, I wonder what he values in a player. Yeah, well, we can find that out, too, uh, when he joins us here shortly. It was, um, we were talking during the break, it was kind of a fast press conference, right? You never know how long these things are going to be. Like, a half hour is fine. Yeah. But he said, like, an hour's worth of stuff in that half hour. <laughs> so he did. Bam. Like, I was looking for spots to jump in and be like, hey, by the way, you're listening on Arizona Sports. And he just went so rapid fire <laughs> that then we just hit the break. Uh, no, look, it's an exciting day. I know a lot of Suns fans. I almost feel like we should, like, we should take calls tomorrow or something on this and get people's reactions. Because Suns fans have wanted a new owner for a long time. Well before Robert Sarver was even thought to be selling the team, right? Suns fans have wanted a new owner. They Again, I tried to put my myself in the fans perspective of if somebody's buying your team what's the first thing you want to hear first thing you want to hear is hey i'll spend money to win and i think for the most part that answer is what you want to hear he didn't say we're gonna go out and buy everybody but if you're gonna give way more to like well i don't want to trade this guy away because he's valuable for this guy to help us right now i don't want to mortgage the future in that way that's fine it that's different than well you know i gotta you know this is how i got my money is being smart with it like that's great for you but not for the team so I think he answered that question the way you want to hear it. You know, I wrote down in my notes just listening to Matt Eshbia, and again, he was speaking very, very quickly, but for focus, the focus for, whatever he called it, he called it something like that. There are four things that we're going to focus on, and number one was culture. And he wasn't just talking about the culture inside the locker room with a team. He was talking about the culture of the organization. I got to start with our people here. I don't call them employees. I call them team members. The culture. So I I built a mortgage company from 12 people to 7,000 people. We are the number one mortgage company in America. It's all because of my people. We have no patents. We have no technology no one else can build. We don't have like a special interest rate discount. We just have better people. And we have the, what my vision and our vision is, we want to get the best people to join the Suns and Mercury. We want train them, coach them, be the best for themselves, and then treat them so well they never want to leave. And that's what we're going to do here. The culture, we're going to go forward and make some changes and make this thing one of the best places to work across the country. And that's a big part of success because you can't win without happy people. You can't win unless your people care. You can't do anything unless you have great people. And so first we're starting with culture and team member experience. Yeah, I love that right there. He said, yeah, I don't call them employees. I call them team members. I wonder if that's, uh, can you imagine if that really is like what he does? Team members. I don't call them employees. So, you know, I I don't know. (laughs) How far does that stretch? Team members walking around right now. Is he going to actually talk about this going forward? I I don't know, but I thought it was really, really cool that he put it that way. I thought it was nice that uh, we found out we can all be part owners if we we show that sort of uh, (laughs) initiative, right? It's a Ken Summers question about uh, this follow-up about Isaiah Thomas. Well, you know, we'll see. Well, Maybe you'll be part of the team someday. Um, And then number two was fan experience. Fan experience. He went from team members and culture of the organization to fan experience and the fun experience. I thought that was interesting. Fan experience, win or lose. He did make sure to point that out, too. And, you know, there's something to that. That is more of a, if I'm buying a team, that's a smart thing to do just as a businessman, right? Like, you can can still 
somebody comes to your game, you're playing 82, you're probably not going to go 82 and 0 based on, you know, <laughs> real life. So you can still make it a pleasant experience even if you don't go 82 and 0. That's that is a smart thing from a business perspective and I get that and that's not that's not important, but to me it's what product are you going to put on the floor and yeah. how are you going to go about doing it? I tell you what stood out to me was and his brother talked about this a little bit too this is not, hey, you know I've got my mortgage company and then I, this is like a side investment that I'm going to try and make. No, it's basketball because he wants to own a basketball team <laughs> and he's wanted to be involved in the NBA since he was 13 and probably yes. even younger. Can't wait to ask him that question right there. How long, really, did you have a plan? Like, you know what, this is hey, listen, if we keep going at the rate we're going Going right now, I don't know. Back when they first cracked a uh, hundred million or something like that. Hey, if we keep going, guess what, man? Maybe we can actually own a team one day. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> when uh, that's one of the questions I would ask him. When did it start this plan and and the realization that this could actually work? Well, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I know for the most part, people are going to say the right things in their introductory press conference. I get that, <laughs> uh, but but did you not get the vibe throughout this press conference and even leading up to today? that I'm not saying he went out and built a company to make money to buy an NBA team, but doesn't it sound like it was kind of high on his list? Like, if we ever have the money, we're buying an NBA team. Yeah, no, it did. Yeah, he and his brother right there. And then number three was community impact of the four, the focus four, as I called it. The community impact that he cited and their involvement in it. And then number four was win. Number four, win on the court and off the court. And he was speaking very, very quickly, but I thought it was cool because he said, money follows success. I believe that's what he said. And that's how he said it. Money yep. success first. follows yep. success. Success first. I thought that's cool. And it's so true. It does. Go out and win. And the money will come. How many times have we heard this from? I'm not. I'm not trying to pit one franchise against the other. But how, that was such a refrain with the Sean Payton thing, right? You go out and you, yeah, it's going to cost you money to get Sean Payton. But if he wins, you're going to make a bunch of money off of it. This to me was a, a very similar version of that different sport and not nearly as specific. But again, it's the introductory press conference. Him saying the right things today doesn't suddenly make the Suns better, but if you're a fan and you've been waiting for this day, and I honestly feel like 90% of Suns fans have been waiting for this day, it's pretty good to hear something like that that is logical. Yeah, I'll spend the money because spending the money will actually also make me money too. So it benefits me beyond just having a winning basketball team. He also was talking about winning on the court and off the court. Ooh, I like that. All right, we'll come back. We will uh, react to this more. We're also going to talk to Matt Ishbia here shortly as well. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. We will be talking to Matt Ishbia here at some point. Obviously, as you can imagine, a busy day. So there's not a set time for that. It'll just be at some point in the next hour and 45 minutes because that's how much show time we have left. Uh, Wolf, there's a lot to react to here. Uh, you and I were talking during the break. One of the things we got to ask him, and like I said, this list is getting way too long for one segment. But um, 
Is it a coincidence that you're taking over this team on November or <laughs> November on February eighth when the trade deadline is February 9th? Yeah, no. Was there a rush, Matt? Was there a rush to actually? I, I don't know. Have a press conference the day before the trade deadline? Was there a rush for you to actually take control of this team before the trade deadline? That'd be interesting. Um, do you have a philosophy as to how the game of basketball is to be played? That, to me, is something I'm fascinated with. Because, again, this guy knows scheme. He knows basketball from a level that not a lot of owners out there know their sport schematically be able to grease it up on the board. Matt Ishbia would be able to grease it up on the board for you. This is, I mean, that to me is rare. So I want to know, does he have a philosophy overall? Because that's going to impact a lot of the decisions, I think, that will be made going forward. Well, one of the first things he said in that press conference was basketball is my life. And so for somebody that has made billions of dollars in a completely different business <laughs> to say and maybe people don't be like well mortgage lending is my life but it's got to kind of be your life if you're, <laughs> if you're doing it that well uh so one of the first things he said was was basketball is my life now the the twist to all this and you know it lasted about an hour last night but the twist is that report that they he was setting something up for isaiah thomas to how did they word it how chris haynes worded it like he was going to collaborate with james jones in the front office now that has been shot down multiple times but again he was asked about it during the uh, the press conference today and uh and this was his response yeah uh you know i don't read all the reports but uh, you know way i look at it is this isaiah thomas is a great friend of mine right and i have a lot of great friends isaiah thomas is uh is someone that knows basketball inside and out He's not someone that I have in a role or have an established role. I think that was reported there's some role. There's no there's no role for Isaiah at this time. My belief system is this. I'm coming in. There's no changes. Like I try to explain to the team upstairs. Like I know uh, our CEO is, CEO is no longer with us. I don't plan on coming in and making changes today. I come in listening, learning humbly. Like I, I'm a mortgage guy. I love, love, love basketball. I love business. So I feel like it can be pretty good. But the next 60, 90, 120 days is about listening and learning. And you're going to hear a lot of things about so I have a little different background where I'm very involved with basketball. I have a lot of great friends in basketball. You know, I know you mentioned Isaiah, but I have friends, I'm friends with Magic Johnson. I have connections with Tom Izzo. If you, if you read all the things I've heard uh, that will happen, I mean, we'd, we'd have two people you know, running the company with me here that I've never met. Like, so how about the way I always tell people is I will be direct. I will be transparent when I'm going to hire someone or bring someone on. You'll hear it from me first. Don't listen to the rumors because you'll hear it from me. You can just call me and ask me. I'll pick up the phone and say, nope, we're not doing that. Or, hey, we're thinking about this in the future. Here's what we're looking at. But there's nothing happening right now. He's going to get a lot of calls from reporters. <laughs> He's going to get an awful lot of calls right there. Yeah, can I have your number so I can just call you right now? Hey, are you going to do this? <laughs> no. Um, stop calling me. <laughs> well, you said we're allowed to call you. Uh, there was also a follow-up to that. That was very early in the press conference. This was the follow-up very, it was actually the last question. So here's what I'll say. There's a role for you in the future. There's a role for anyone in the future. The way I look at it is it's like, I have no plans. Like people are like, when I see things tweeted out and, I, and I'm learning quick, right? I'm learning, you know, you know, like there's been, I have no plans for anybody to come into my organization at this time 
right? Until I evaluate what we've got, whether it's, you know, you personally, whether you say Isaiah Thomas, whether you say like, any name you want to use, Maddie Johnson. I've heard, I've heard, I mean, I, you've seen, if you, you probably followed it real closely. The amount of people I've looked to hire, supposedly, and that are coming to Phoenix um, has been, I mean, there's been at least 15 people that have been tied to me. And what I'll tell you is this, and the good part you'll learn about me, and maybe the PR people will love this about me, is like, I'm extremely, extremely transparent. When I have an idea and you think I'm going to do something, you'll hear from me. I'll tell you exactly, and I'll tell you why. And I'm focusing on winning, community, fan experience, and culture. And if I feel like anybody, whether it's a marketing person, an executive, a former NBA player, a new owner, like even people want to join the ownership group, you got to understand I have the same vision. And so I'll let you know when we look to hire someone. Uh, I promise you it will not come out via any tweet, and no one will know about it until it gets announced by me. And you can always call me and ask me, and I'll tell you the truth about what's going on. But there's no people that we're hiring at this time. All right, so that's perfect. We just need to get his number, and every week we'll just call him, Wolf, and be like, hey, uh, hiring anybody? All right, cool. We'll check in next Thursday. <laughs> Man, the intensity once again, just the intensity and the energy right there. It's, it, it is very, very impressive right now. Um, it's going to be interesting to see going forward. You've got a guy who, who's got as many thoughts as he's got and as much energy as he has in the intensity that he has as well. Yeah, I would imagine he's going to come in and want to put his mark at some point on the organization. How far that goes and what that entails, that remains to be seen. Well, what do you make of the Isaiah Thomas stuff? Because for me, it's now been shot down multiple times. So to me, it's not really an issue right now. But he didn't say never. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. And and it doesn't sound, I mean, it sounds like they could have kept asking him the question over and over again in the press conference. He gave the answer he was going to give. But to me, the bigger um, question there is what is James Jones role yeah. going like he's the GM. I'm he's not saying GM, that's good, right. but but is is he suddenly going to have a sidekick in 6 months? Is I, I think that the takeaway there is this is a big stretch run for the Phoenix Suns as we know them yeah. coming up, right? And it yeah. set the trade deadline aside for a second although we can't cuz it's in 24 hours. But I'm talking like front office, James Jones, Monty Williams. Do I think they're getting fired? No, but if they go out in the first round James Jones may have somebody he's working with next year. It, it at least okay. seems like a possibility. All right, all right, I'm, and I'm not saying that. Isaiah Thomas. I'm just saying no, somebody. I love that. No, I love that right there because if you're James Jones and you've had the kind of autonomy that he's had, especially as of late, um, you've done the job that he has done and you're going to agree to have somebody shadow you somehow, someway, or work with you or collaborate, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. I, I to me, my first impression, my first reaction is that's not going to go well. If you ask me, listen, I, I want you, I want this guy to work with you on this. You you, you need to talk to him about this yeah. stuff, and you need to vet it through him. I want you to work with him, and you're going to collaborate on this, and you're going to have to listen to some of the things he's going to have to say. I, you know, I, I wonder how James Jones is going to respond to that. I really do. And that's why how I wonder. You? Well, it's, it would be like if tomorrow, starting tomorrow, Wolf, I told you, you actually have to share that mic with Rick. And uh, and so you guys are just going to, that's two of you now. I'm sorry. It's just yeah, going to, yeah. <laughs> how's that going to go for no, you? I'm just, use some toothpaste, please. <laughs> Jeez. Um, no, look, I, it's, I, I, I don't And that's think, I rip because I love. I don't think it's one of those situations where, 
he maybe does. I mean, I don't know Madishbia, but I don't think it's like in his mind, like, okay, yeah, I'm bringing this guy in in July. I do think a lot is going to hinge on what happens in the next few months. If you tell me the Phoenix Suns go out there and James Jones makes a really smart trade tomorrow and he gets something good for Jay Crowder, or he packages picks for Jay Crowder and he gets something where like, whoa, how, how did he pull that off? And then the Suns go to the Western Conference Finals or beyond. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be a lot of changes this offseason because why would there be? Right. But if it's like, okay, yeah, you know, got, you know, got a whatever for Jay Crowder, a guy we don't see and they bow out in the first round of the playoffs or something. I mean, it's a new boss. There's a very good chance there's going to be some sort of, of I don't want to say changes, but just alterations at the top, right? Because you come in and you're like, well, every, he's obviously had success in his other business. So if he comes in and, and the team is viewed to have underachieved, like if if he came in at this time last year yeah. and then the season ended as weirdly as it did, yeah. don't you think there would probably be some sort of additions? Yeah, I, I honestly think there is going to be change, period, just because that's who he is. We'll see. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, and we are going to talk to Matt Ishbia soon, but we're going to focus on the on-the-court product. The Suns have won nine of their last 11 games, and DeAndre Ayton's playing some of the best basketball he has played since the playoffs two years ago. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. We will be talking to Matt Ishby at some point here before the end of the show today. Carried the press conference live. We'll be reacting to that as we have been. But, uh, Wolf, we're going to get back into what the Suns are doing on the floor. And also just this quick public service. I just got an email that the Super Bowl tickets have dipped below $5,000. Oh, my goodness. So if you're standing there with $5,100 bills in your hands, and you're like, I'd like to go see the Eagles and Chiefs, now it's possible. Ain't none but five grand. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, the game last night, Suns finally get to put their starting lineup together for the first time, I would argue, since October 25th. There was two other games after that where uh, it was October 28th. Uh, they got eight minutes out of DA, and then he left. And then there was another one in there. It was November 1st, I believe, November 4th, where uh, Cam Johnson played five minutes, and then he left. Last night was the fifth time this season, and that was game 56 that the Phoenix Suns had their starting five actually get to play a basketball game together. They are 4-1 and one in those five games. That is an extremely small sample size. I get it, but that's all you have because the trade deadline is tomorrow and you don't play again until after the trade deadline. Just watching D.A. actually go out and ball out last night to me. Does Brooklyn want D.A. now? That's the question you have to ask yourself. And does D.A. want Brooklyn? Of course, because he's got veto power. Yeah, I... I know some people wrote in with that, like, okay, you're just assuming if, again, your stance is there's a there's at least a chance he gets traded tomorrow. Yeah. I, I I don't think he does, and I, and I wouldn't. I would wait until the summer. Let's see how these playoffs pull out. I mean, that's been my stance since the start of the year. But um, I don't think there's much of an issue. Like, if the Suns got some trade they really liked, yeah. and, they were, and tomorrow, let's say tomorrow morning, wow, they've got this amazing three-team trade, we're going to get some. I don't think DA is going to block it. Yeah, I, I really either. don't. Yeah, I know. I don't either. Um, look, and that, That's from talking to some people. Yeah, that's not just me like, ah, flip right. a coin. Nope. No, you're right about that. DeAndre Ayton, you, you watched him play last night, and you could tell right from the get-go, he was engaged. He was super active, and he, he played well. The results were there. He he looks so much better, and he has as of late. But thirty five and fifteen 
and he was engaged. He was intense. And for me to watch him play, you have to ask yourself, do you believe this version of D.A. is here to stay? Or do you think that he'll revert to his former self after the trade deadline? A couple quotes from D.A. after the game. He talked about how it's insulting when defenses don't respect him. Yeah, it is insulting. You're not stick, sticking with the matchup. You're putting somebody three feet shorter than me. It's, it's embarrassing. So you got to punish kids that do that. We make a pact on this show that if DA does at some point, whether it's the summer or whatever, does get traded, we still play audio of his post game, yes. whatever team That's he's okay. on. I, I just, I'm, I'm always going to be all in on I DA post game. Uh, he also said this, which I thought was an interesting take. He talked about how Mikel Bridges and himself, DA, were able to grow when all the other starters were out, which, as we just detailed, has been a big chunk of this season. I mean, the team stole a lot of a lot of us, and we've been losing. So I mean, we were losing, and we didn't have nobody. Teams, you know, they thought they had us. And the thing is, we got to kill Bridges building confidence. We got me building confidence in these losses, but you know, individually we're learning and we're building up this type of confidence until we, you know, get back to real winning time. Three and Cam Johnson, Cam, and everybody back in the mix. We got two guys that been taking some hits and was finally learning, and now we're in the rhythm. Yeah, it's pretty dangerous, and now we're picking and choosing what we want to we want to do in the offense. Right. Well, y'all think I'm going to pick a pass and shoot it? Right. Nobody never seen that, right. especially that close to the rim. So it's just picking and choosing, and the team's picking their poison. Right. We're ready. Okay. You know, so we done, we done, we done got hit in the every day. And then, you know, so we finally scoring up a little bit. Do you have anything you want to say before we play the Devin Booker cut? Uh, <laughs> you have yes, I do. <laughs> um, because we we talked about this yesterday, not knowing what the game was going to look like, right? And so when we were talking, you were saying you're going to watch DA, and I was, you know, I'm going to watch Mikel Bridges because I want to see how much uh, of an offensive impact he still gets to have with Devin Booker back. But uh, but I, I think there's something to be said for Devin Booker comes back and DeAndre Ayton puts up 35. I mean, they were running plays for DeAndre Ayton sure. last night. Now, you know, at the start of all this, when everybody was hurt except D.A. Mikel Bridges, like he's saying right there, look, I like D.A. a lot. He didn't step up at the start of all this. And that was, you know, maybe he couldn't have won them games by himself. But but he at the very start of this, when they at the beginning of the 5-17 and 17 stretch, he wasn't playing his best basketball. He said that last night in a different cut. Uh, but the idea that he just put right there, that it's not just Mikel Bridges that has evolved in this in everybody's absence. Sure. The DA has evolved as well. Again, you gotta see it for more than a couple games. I get that. But for Devin Booker to come back and and play and like impact the game. He had nineteen yeah. points, twenty six minutes. Right. For him to do that and Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton to still combine for fifty six points instead of just being like, All right, Booker's back, we'll just recede into the background. That is very encouraging. Now again, the trade deadline is tomorrow. Yeah. I would like to see yeah. the team together for a week and a half. Is that too much to ask? Yeah, well, maybe you're not going to get that. I don't know. But there were so many people on Twitter, of course, who were talking, how's that feel, Wolf, right there? Did you see him play 35 and 15? What, do you think they're going to trade him now? Yeah, listen, I, I'm just telling you, it's a situation where DeAndre Ayton has never had a problem going out and actually putting up some impressive numbers. Let's put it that way. But now his his two best games that we've seen him play, maybe this year, maybe maybe ever, 
You, Detroit, of course, and then what we saw last night against the Brooklyn Nets, his two best games, and now it's right here. The last two games before the trade deadline. Like it got his attention or something like that. It's all about consistency with DeAndre Ayton. It's not about the flash in the pan. He is the walking, talking flash in the pan. He is. They point to him as a definition of a guy that flashes. It's about night in and night out, isn't it, Devin Booker? I mean, that's just what he's capable of. I mean, I've always seen it in him. Um, you know, just trying to get him to assert himself that way every, every single night. Um, you know, he, he's, he's tough to handle you know, when, he, when he's playing like that. And, you know, trying to be in his ear for, so it can be an every night thing. Said it, I think, three times alluded to every night. Every night thing. It's got to be an every night. He this, this is what he's capable of. Capable is not production. This is what he's capable of doing every night. He's stressing it. He, he, look, this is what they're looking for from DA. Consistency. And it doesn't have to be 35-15 every night. It doesn't. Play like he played last night with force. The one thing I have to, to, to keep coming back to, and, and it's tough because he wasn't great in the playoffs last year, specifically against Dallas, and that still mystifies me. But two years ago in the playoffs, D.A. was huge. He was absolutely a major part of them getting to the NBA Finals. And so it's frustrating, and I'm sure it's more frustrating for teammates, that this guy is just going to flip the switch and be really good. But then maybe it takes him three weeks to flip the switch again. You know, after maybe we get another week of this and then we don't get it for a few weeks. But if he can flip the switch the way he has this week and the way he did in the playoffs two years ago, who's to say he can't flip the switch again in this year's playoffs? You know, that that's why it's so enticing. That's why. That's why I'm still with the see what happens in I this year's playoffs. It's enticing to us. It's hard to play with if you're a teammate. That's probably true because I don't remember a lot of audio of guys talking about Devin Booker on his big nights being like, yeah, we just want to see Book do it more consistently. Like, you don't, you don't, they don't go to Cam Johnson and ask about Devin Booker having a good night. Listen for your name every day this week for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text SUPER 620-620 register and once you hear your name, call in within the time frame and you could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. That's SUPER to 620-620. There's a lot going on around the city right now for for the Super Bowl. Uh, when we come back, how does Matt Ishbia plan on impacting the Phoenix Suns while he's still running another business and living part-time in another state? He explained. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke on a Wednesday afternoon. Historic day, I would say, for the Suns. Don't often change owners. Matt Ishbia is uh, now in control. He's going to join us, sounds like, in about 15-ish minutes. Okay, cool. Uh, We can react, though, to more of what he had to say this morning. And um, one of the things we want to know about, everybody wants to know about, okay, taking over the team on February 8th and the trade deadline is February 9th. 
How much uh, have you been able to be involved, and how involved will you be in the next 24 hours before the deadline? Well, so with both the Mercury and, and the Sun, so like, listen, I'm a believer of great, great people, empower them, support them in every way they can so they can make the right decisions. I think we've got great people leading the Mercury organization and great people leading the Suns organization from a basketball perspective and from a business perspective. And so how active and involved, I mean, I'm involved because I'm in the weeds. I, draw, I, I, I roll my sleeves up, I mean, I can get in the dirt. Like, I love being involved with everything. However, I know that, you know, if, I'm, if you're asking me about a player here, like, James watches the film, like, he, he's watched 100 hours of them. I, I, I watch the game like you did, right? And so we look at it a little different. However, I do have a basketball mind where I think I can be valuable. Uh, but at the same time, I'm empowering my people to make decisions. I'm going to obviously be very active and involved with it. Um, but at the same time, uh, my job as a leader is to give, put the right people in place, give them all the resources and support they can have to be successful, and then let them do a great job. It is so right. That is so cool right there because he was playing it right down the middle of the field, wasn't it? You know what? I'm going to empower them. That's what I'm going to. I, you hire the good people, you hire the right people, and then you go ahead and empower them. And then it, I'm going to be heavily involved. Yeah. I'm going I'm I'm I mean, to be involved in empowering them. It's, it's, is basically what I heard. And maybe that's what he means. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe that's what it is. Um, but the intensity, once again, is there for Matt Ishbia. I wonder what kind of intensity um, he respects in a player as well. Look, all eyes on James Jones going forward, right? Because that's the position that is in the public eye that's most likely to change. Not not like James Jones isn't going to have his job, but just it's the one that's most likely to have, hey, you have this assistant now, or you have this guy I want you to bounce ideas off of, or whatever. Um, chance, I mean, it's not really going to change that much for the players, other than you may get to have a few more high-priced teammates now that Matt Ishbia is the owner. I don't think change is, I don't think change is really coming from Monty Williams so much. Look, everything's on the table if they go out there and fall apart in the first round of the playoffs, or have a weird ending like they did at the last at the end of this past season but for the most part when you look at this okay there's a new owner everybody has a new boss well who does that really impact most well it's the guy that's right there near the top and james jones right everything else is is going to get so watered down before it trickles down to i I don't know saban lee it's not going to affect him very much yeah i it's just it's going to be interesting going forward it is this is the stuff that happens when you have a new owner come in for any company not just a sports franchise for any company. You got a new owner that comes in in an ownership group. They want to establish or put their mark on the organization. Ha, to what degree is that going to be Matt Ishbia? We don't know right now. He's talking about 60 days, 90 days, 120 days. We have no idea what he's going to do. We are going to talk to him here, hopefully in about 15 minutes. We'll see. But it's just one of those situations. It's life. Whenever you get a new owner coming in, he's going to want to leave his mark. Well, along those lines, uh, he was asked about imprinting, uh, making an imprint on this team. And look, remember, he still runs a company that's doing pretty well for itself financially. And as he pointed out, he still actually lives in Michigan. He's going to be here sometimes now, certainly, but he gave an answer to that. Yeah, you know, I'm very hands-on. 
I love to, you know, I'm, I, as you mentioned, my Thursdays in my office in at UWM, I don't take meetings. I walk around. I talk to people, not talking to my leaders. I talk to people that are actually doing the jobs, find out what's going on, and find out how we can make things better. That's how I've improved. That's like going and creating work for myself to go get us better. And so I plan on doing the same thing in Phoenix. However, as you, you point out, I'm not going to physically live here. I got these three wonderful children. I live in Michigan. However, I'll be out here quite a bit. I'm the CEO of a publicly traded company, and I love that. I love the mortgage business. I'm going to be dominating that. We're the largest mortgage company in the country. I'm going to continue to do that. However, I will be very active, very engaged. And I think at the beginning, how do I make sure we set the right tone and culture? But once again, surrounding myself with great people. I started this whole thing off about team and family. and all. That's what makes a difference. It's not going to be a Matt Ishbia show. It's going to be a Phoenix Suns and Mercury show. It's going to be a team, a we show, not an I show. And so with my brother, he's active. I'm active. Along with, we got other partners too. And we got other people that are part of it. You know, that have, that have done great things. I have other owners that are alternate governors. I've had Sam Garvin. I know John. John. Like, we have people that are around. And I already got great leadership in place. And so we are going to make some changes once we figure out what those are. But right now, like I believe knowledge creates confidence and confidence creates success. I don't have the knowledge to know what things we're going to do, but I'm going to be in the weeds. And it's going to be, yeah, I'm going to be traveling a little bit more back and forth and being involved, especially um, as we get this thing going. It's got a little Sean McVay in him. <laughs> he does. Oh, we should put those two up against each other. <laughs> play a little Ishbia and then play a little Sean McVay. Little Sean McVay and Ish. <laughs> he didn't offer everybody soup, though, so that's how you know it wasn't Sean McVay. <laughs> uh, if you were worried he's going to be too hands-on, if that's a concern, um, the fact that he's still running the other business is probably music to your ears to a certain extent. Now, he wouldn't buy this team if he couldn't also have an impact on this team as well, but you know the fact that he's going to be bouncing back and forth between Michigan and, and Phoenix, it almost feels like, it almost feels like okay, you work somewhere, you got a new boss. And it seems yeah. like everybody wanted a new boss, right? But he's not going to be in the office every day. So you can kind of breathe easier on Mondays and Wednesdays, right? Because <laughs> the boss isn't going to be right there. I don't know what you're talking about, Luke. I approach every day exactly <laughs> oh, the yeah, same. Sure, you don't look down the hall and see if, uh, if all the management's What are you talking no. about? What, Scott? Never Suddenly once. walking around, Ryan walking around, the, the suits... Walking around, suddenly I'm going to broadcast harder. Is that what you're saying? Not just you're aware of who's around. Most uh, people are, right? Yes. Hey, the boss is in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where's my hat? Well, we got another snowbird. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man, I'm going to be stuck behind him in traffic now, you too. You know what? I think snowbirds, for the most part, though, they get a bad reputation, don't they? Why in the world? They got it figured out, don't they? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Snowbirds. How awesome is that to be a snowbird? You come down here when the winters stink, and then you go back no. when it gets too hot. Those guys have it figured out, They haven't they? figured out. That's what frustrates everybody, because they're like, they figured it out, and we haven't figured it out yes. yet. But I would, I would like to implement my new law. If you're a snowbird, and I think you'd be on board with this, right? Okay. You're going to come to Phoenix, and you're going to be here from October to February or whatever. Like, I... I applaud your intelligence not being here in July like I am. Okay. But how about don't drive during heavy traffic times? Like, do you really <laughs> want to sit on the road at 7.30 yeah. a.m. When, when you're on vacation? How about this for all snowbirds out there? Use your blinker. Well, that, that took a turn. <laughs> Thank you. You just told them how, how smart they were, and then you're like, but you don't know how to use your a turn blinker. Uh, all right. So when we come back, we are to a full stop and a four-way. going to react to more of what Matt Ishbia had to say about uh, his basketball influences, but also he's going to call in here shortly as well. So that should be coming up next. It is Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.